Welcome to the Steve Barkley Ponders Out Loud podcast. As instructional coaches and school leaders, you have a challenge to guide continuous teacher growth that promotes student success. This podcast looks to support you with strategies from our experienced guests and insights that I've gathered across many years. I'm thrilled you're here. Thanks for listening. Why a focus on learning? I met today's podcast guest after reading a post that she shared describing differences between students who might be identified as gifted learners compared to bright children. Just as an example, the the post suggested that while bright children know answers, gifted learners tend to ask questions. And while bright children would be interested, gifted learners are highly curious. And while the bright child may enjoy school, the gifted learner really enjoys learning. With a uh, visit to her website and an extended Zoom conversation, I uncovered Judy Thompson to be an educator who I was sure would generate an interesting podcast conversation. And I'm uh, pleased to say that when I invited her, she agreed. And uh, I asked Judy to uh, give me a little bit of an introduction. And uh, before she comes on here, I want to share the introduction that she sent. Judy wrote, before I became an English as a second language teacher in 1999, I was a mother and a horse trainer. Those roles taught me how to communicate effectively with magnificent creatures who didn't speak English. I'd go so far to say it was my experiences and not my degrees that prepared me best for my teaching career. If something isn't working, try something else, gave me the freedom to develop new avenues originally for teaching English as a second language and more recently for reading literacy. I recorded a TED Talk in 2009 that opened many doors and led to my first book, English is Crazy, which has sold in more than 60 countries. Welcome, Judy. It's great to have you here. It's lovely to be here. I'm wondering for uh, for for starters, talk a little bit about what your what your teaching background was. I had a degree in English, and when my last child got on the school bus for kindergarten, I went to the employment office, and they did a discovery program that identified what you were good at, from what you liked, from what your experience was, and they crunched all the data and said you should teach. ESL. And I said, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) So they told me and I, and I got a great job. I went to Humber college and then I got a, just an act of God. I got a great job with the board of education. So I did that for years, but it didn't matter how long. And the teachers were great. Great, great coworkers who cared and worked hard. Um, but it didn't matter how long the students were there. They never learned to speak English confidently. It was almost uh, 100% focused on reading and writing with an expectation that speaking fluency would follow. And it never happened. So that wasn't fine with me because they were counting on me to teach them to speak English so they could assimilate and live in Canada. And so I had to figure out how speaking works. And it turns out they're unrelated. So reading and writing, listening, speaking in English are unrelated because spelling doesn't make sense. Gotcha. 
Gotcha. When you and I uh, had the chance to uh, to to speak, I I zeroed in on this word that uh, that our that our focus ought to be about learning, and I, I guess I'm 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 hearing that right in, embedded in all those experiences. The kids really didn't learn what the learning outcome was that you were shooting for. Um, no, it's that test takers. We you know we got a culture of unskilled, unemployable test passers. And 43% graduate high school functionally illiterate. Functionally illiterate means they can read the words on an aspirin bottle and don't know how many pills to take. Mm. So it's a comprehension thing. So this is it this is an epic fail of mine. This is this is not them, you know. And that we're so satisfied. We're smug. <laughs> teachers are smug I'm such a great teacher so we can't collapse working hard and really caring with success we don't have success so and it's and it's built into the system we can't have success with the industrial education system I started but to pull phrases out from things that I've I've seen you've written and, and your website and, and following you on social media and, and industrial education is one of the phrases that you use. Uh, talk a little bit more what you mean by that. I got that from Grant Lichtman and he's amazing. So his, he's an American and he talks about transforming schools and boards for the 21st century. And he he does it, and he has a formula for doing it, and he's transformed hundreds of schools. But he, he he coined industrial education, as far as I know. Sit down in rows, do what you're told, be quiet, regurgitate what I tell you, don't question authority or anything, or else you are in trouble. You know, you're going to the principal's office. I think this is hard for the really gifted kids too who have questions about everything and honestly their teachers don't have answers they have a curriculum and anything outside of that is frowned upon both in teacher education how can they forward anything but that uh, rigidity so yeah industrial it's it's really the assembly line yes preparation for the assembly line yes right on compliance compliance school so many things in the existing design still fit that <laughs> while the whole world around has dramatically changed. I wish I had his name in front of my face. It might be Don Chenny, who measured success over life and that the highest, the kids with the highest grades, the A students, I think he called them, work for the C students. And the and the a typical report card for a C student is AA. C D D D, like they just focus on I, that thing that they're passionate about and barely pass anything else. But they're the generators. They're the they have their own voice, and the I'm, and the A students work for them. I'm pretty sure that was Don Clifton. Clifton, I, yes, I, good I job. The, Thank you well, so much. I actually had the opportunity to uh, work on a joint project with him years back, and uh, that that. Uh, I, I love doing parent workshops and presenting his piece. 
<laughs> to parent workshops. Because I'd say, how many of you want your kids to come home with? I, I put the two report cards up. How many of you would prepare your kid having this one versus this one? You know, and all the parents go for that all A report card. And then when I would share his his uh, his results, that the highly successful people almost always had those uh, a, an A or two and stuff they were really interested in. They knew uh, what they had to do to meet some other minimum requirements, and they knew stuff that wasn't even worth doing, and they just just blew it off, and that's what caused them to be successful in life. This brings up something else about industrial education, is knowing that doesn't make a difference. There's no ability in uh, traditional or industrial education to adapt. So it's been this way for 250 years since its inception. It is. It has always been this way, and we we always do it this way. Is kind of a catchphrase. Well, we've always done it this way. We've always done it badly. How about that? Just another example that uh, that my uh, my the co-founder of my uh, my company, uh, Joe Hasenstab, used to share years ago. There was a TV show that was "Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader?" And, yeah, and you would go on that show, and the fifth graders knew answers that you know, all these people they brought on didn't. And what nobody seemed to get, and, and I don't even know that I got it until Joe pointed it out to me, is that it really described the fifth grader as the fool because they were spending all their time learning this material, which all these highly successful people were purely showing them, you really don't need to know any of that stuff to be successful. Ebbinghouse, we've known that since the 1880s, the forgetting curve. We know the percentage we forget in an hour. By the time we finish the test and leave high school, we've forgotten it all. Doesn't make a difference. Knowing doesn't make a difference in education. Another phrase that you uh, that you had, I think I found it on your website, is that you said you discovered you weren't a teacher, you were a coach. Uh, I was after the TED thing, that opened a lot of doors, and I was invited to different countries to to coach, I can't use the word, you teach our executives to speak English. So executives have unlimited money and no time. So they want to get fixed fast. So I started assessing them, you know, and why don't you think you speak English now? I mean, a lot of them could call me and say, I have a meeting in, in New York City on Monday. I'm leading a meeting. This is Wednesday. Can you fix my English by Monday? And you go, well, yes. <laughs> he doesn't know his English is fine. So why do you think you don't speak English now? And, and uh, was a was a big question. But then you designed something for him. So if, I, I did a lot of mining executives. So I could customize and do the articles and the videos about mining. I have a lot of banking executives like that. Accountability. If I didn't, if they didn't achieve the results I said they could, then I didn't get paid. There's a, a money back guarantee in, in the contract. So, and nobody ever got their money back. You, you fixed whatever their problem was and they were done. It, it took mm-hmm. six to eight lessons. It didn't take years. You go, oh, there's that thing that's holding me back. It's easy to fix. We fix it like this. A little bit of unlearning. There's always unlearning. You have to take away all the junk that they learned from their English teachers in school. They install the, the chips that your, your accent is a problem and that your grammar is a problem. And neither are a problem 
in conversation. They just aren't, everyone has an accent. So then there was um, accountability and autonomy. They have to be able to do it when I'm not there. So when I started doing all these A words and getting great results, that's when somebody told me that's not teaching. None of those aspects of learning are in teaching. Not assessment, not architecture or customization, not accountability, not activities, not autonomy. So if you're adding those, you're not a teacher, you're something else. So if you're adding all those and you get a, just a ridiculous amount of money for that, for coaches, because they have all the money, they have money, so just fix them. But um, it wasn't super satisfying. The money was great. Fixing one rich person at a time. So I, I was a coach. I subsequently learned that was coaching. It was lucrative. But coaching to groups is facilitating. And I oh. identify as a facilitator okay. now. That was the and next word. The, that's the next well, that, that, that stops it. teachers in their tracks because they say, I can't customize for 30 children at once. And, you know, I could barely deliver the curriculum and my heart breaks for them. But it's not true. It's totally doable. And it's much easier than delivering a crap curriculum that they're just going to forget after the test. It's much, much easier. You just lack the skill. So it's just the other side of the same coin. So teachers talk and facilitators listen. Um, teachers see what's wrong. We are trained to see what's wrong and mark it next and fix it. You did this wrong. Facilitators see what's right. Your spelling's perfect. Thank you for your contribution. Look at your great printing. I never thought of it that way before. This is how they talk all the time. They only validate, only validate. And the learning is exponential after that. So teachers are authoritarian and facilitators are leaders. There's a lot of talk in corporate about leaders, leaders, leaders. They're talking about, and, and the vehicle's facilitation. We have to get that vehicle into school. And we have to get teachers to stop believing they can. You're so close. Your greatest moments, you're doing it now. When you see them and recognize them or see something special in them, that, that's facilitating. That's not teaching at all. So you already do it. I just need you to be more mindful of doing it more, like all the time. <laughs> so I was just I was just in a in a conversation yesterday about teachers, the, the, the teachers who are struggling moving to the facilitation piece are yes. still holding on to some sense that in that old teaching model they have control. And in the facilitation yeah. model, they have to give up that control. It's really a different kind of control, though, isn't it? It's not a... It, it's, control it's, it's of self, of, for one thing. You have to ahead. resist the temptation okay. yeah, to put yeah, capitals yeah. on that sentence. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's it's that issue that 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 the, uh, the, the mistake jumps out at me. And so I need to control myself. To to look for the look look for the piece that's right that I'm going to build upon uh, rather than uh, ra rather than that mistake that's uh, that's so it's easy. a mindset but it flips over like a switch and and then you you have to pause you have to just stop yourself for a minute from instead of reacting you have to respond and there's a lot a lot of talk about that in social media now in personal relationships 
in business, and we have to get it in school. School is the last to get it because teachers don't know what to do differently. There's no structure for a choice to make a choice. There's a structure now. You could make a choice, a respond so, choice. So my my work with instructional coaches falls down on the same piece then of the instructional coach not getting caught up in a in a telling mode and really to get caught in the in the asking and listening mode is where the growth's going to occur not the telling mode 100 percent. teachers teachers talk coaches listen yep yeah yeah it's a skill so how do we support teachers i i know that you're a a, a teacher advocate i i know you, you you use the phrase when i talked to you before we can do better you, you you know you have this belief that we're all capable of doing better. Uh, most of the people that uh, that I'm working with, instructional coaches, school administrators, they're in the role of supporting teachers. So, what would you describe as the support we need to provide for teachers to to move in 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 the direction that's going to make make the most out of this for kids? We're generating an online program with the Wiz Tango Education Platform, a training program for facilitators, but it starts with a, with an assessment that, that streams teachers and like hardcore dive in the world teachers, I know the answer and we have to do it my way, which has a place, they have a place. And the, and the more open-minded ones or progressive ones, they're often younger, they're often seasoned teachers who are so frustrated, they're leaving the industry in droves. Those people that are leaving, we want them. We want them. I want you. Like that. So the, the support is actually training. Not expensive and not long. It's to take what you have and use it in, in a, a fresh way. Young teachers don't want to spend their whole life not making a difference. Old teachers almost can't change. Almost can't process the contribution they've been in this system. It's do, not them, it's the system. Do, do, do the teacher's think, leaving, we want them. They figured it out. <laughs> do, do, do you think that that's part of what the uh, post-COVID uh, element is? Um, 100%. That, 100%. COVID's shown the light on the problem that was already there, is is my thinking. Uh, yes. To a group I, of I think it started with the internet, with whatever, 1980, the launch of Microsoft shifted everything and the transparency provided by by the internet. No, no one can escape. It. So school really got away with this bullying culture and we want good marks and look how great our school is and fudging the marks and belling the marks to make their school super, super competitive and false. It's education theater. I call it education theater. You don't actually learn anything except how to do and market. That's what you learn. Play the game. So, um, yeah, the transparency from from um, the internet was the start, and COVID was really, really disruptive. And then Chat GPT is the finished. It's just finished. Okay. There's there is no role. It's you're you're carriage makers and harness makers and candle makers. And there you is don't have a job anymore. There is no going back. There's no going no. back. Yeah. No. Yeah. Teaching is finished, full stop. As we've always known it. And as fast as you can adapt, the happier and more effective that you're going to be. And the more indispensable you're going to be. 
as a facilitator and coach. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Those, the, the facilitating skills. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Judy, I knew, I knew, uh, I knew <laughs> this was going to be, uh, a, be, be a, a, a tug on the brain. And it, uh, it, it certainly has proven to be that. What's the, what's a way that people who are listening in can, uh, follow up with you, um, find out some of the things kind of maybe follow you on uh, social media and, uh, tap into your website. It's it's thompsonlanguagecenter.com. The ABC facilitated reading was written for parents to teach their children to read to address that 43% of, of kids that are, are slipping through the cracks and graduating. How do you get through the through the education system and graduate as a poor or illiterate reader? So it's for parents to take responsibility for that. Parents are in pain. They're suffering and they're ashamed that they're that they're because they know that kid's smart. It's the smartest children that can't read. They're too freaking logical. The school, somebody just told me this and I love it. It was Daphne Russell. She said, school is for left brain thinkers. And the the talent, the creativity, and the futures with right brain thinkers and school absolutely crushes it. So I don't I don't believe we're right or left brain. We can be predominantly, I think we're a mix. But what she, when she adapted it to school, I thought, oh my goodness. So at the expense of all the, the creativity and the, the genius really in, in our population is crushed in our left brain serving school. So the ABC facilitated reading, the back is a guide that, for facilitating anything. So it works in your personal life. It works at work. It works in Math, science, geography, it's the, the process of facilitating is in the back of the book. If you want to buy the book, it's on Amazon. If you don't, send me an email. I'll just send you the PDF. It's not about capitalizing on this. It's, it's, it's insulin. This I drives will. my business manager insane. I said, I have <laughs> insulin and they can have it. I will put those links into the lead into the podcast. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you so much for letting me uh, search you out and ag- agree to join in with me. I'll look forward to following you. Thank Bye. you very much. You take care. Thanks for listening, folks. I'd love to hear what you're pondering. You can find me on Twitter or LinkedIn at Steve Barkley, or send me your questions and find my videos and blogs at barkleypd.com.